This is another MP3 podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle, Australia. We're talking travel on 2NURFM 103.7, thanks to our sponsor, Travel World on King, Sally Lucas. Joining me, Jane Klein. Sally, we've got a treat in store today. We certainly have, Jane. I thought we'd talk about Canada and Alaska, and I know we've, we have mentioned that part of the world before, but it's a never-ending cease of amazement to Australian travellers to go there. And it keeps increasing in numbers each year, and they thought this would never happen, that eventually we'd get sick of going to Canada Alaska and numbers would drop away. That is not the case, and there's probably more Canada and Alaska tools out there in the marketplace now than there ever has been. And you're about to tell us just why. And this I just is thought what to look for in a Canada and Alaska tool. Well it depends on your budget of course. Now You've got the top end who offer you absolute fully inclusive programs. And when we say fully inclusive, it really is. It's basically you're not paying for any optional sightseeing. And you know how that can become expensive in another country, in another currency, and you're outlaying all this extra money for extra tours all the time. You're getting also top end accommodation, five star. So if you're at Lake Louise, you're really on Lake Louise. You know, you've got that view or in Banff and so on. So you've either got your mountain, your lake, your wonderful view. If you're in Vancouver, you've obviously got a, a position right in the heart of the city. And once you go up into Alaska, of course, the same. You've got in Denali National Park, you'll be in a wilderness lodge overlooking a river. Or on your cruising, you're going to have a guaranteed balcony cabin. So... We're talking about really top end, as I said, and also on the rail you'll get the gold leaf rail with the domed car so you can sit up and watch the Rockies go past your window above and around you when you're going through the Rockies. So this is what the difference is between, if you like, and we're talking here, the two companies that I would call top end would be um, Australian um, Pacific Tours and Scenic Tours. And Scenic is fully Australian owned, so that's another benefit to it. It's a fully Australian owned company, which is always a good thing. And their standards are very high and their quality of um, tour directors, they have local guides as well who've got the local knowledge. You still have your tour guide go with you from here, your escort as we call them. They're not a guide, they're the escort who looks after all those little you know bits and pieces along the way gets you checked in properly at airports and hotels and ensures everything runs smoothly whilst you're there of course you've got your local guides who've got that wealth of knowledge to impart to you about what you're seeing and what you're doing the other thing they have on um, scenic tours they have um, what they call free choice so you get other tours that are not pre-booked into the itinerary if you like that you can choose to do as an extra and again at no extra cost some of them are even helicopter flights all sorts of things a kayaking option you know off um, Victoria to see the whales if you're there in whale season and so on so there's some wonderful inclusions you can do as I said the wilderness lodges even all tipping and gratuities are included So we're really talking about a fully inclusive cost when you look at that. So that's what I'm saying. When you start looking for a tour, look at your inclusions and look at what you're, I guess, expecting out of the tour. And if you want to be totally hassle-free and not worried about money and extras, well, that's probably for you. However, if you think, well, that's not in my budget, then you can go down to a lesser-priced product, but you will be paying for, you know, a lot more optionals, a lot more extra meals, You probably won't have a balcony cabin on your cruise. Your hotels might only be three and a half star rather than five. But you're still getting to see the country and that doesn't change. So, you know, you're still seeing Alaska, you're still seeing Canada, albeit at a little lower price structure, which obviously obviously lowers a little bit the standard. But I'm not saying it's budget budget, it's just lowering that a little bit so that's affordable for the people that just can't afford that all-inclusive holiday. So just keep those things in mind when you're looking for Canada, Alaska. And the time of year, of course, is important. Whether you want to go 
at the end of their winter, which of course is the opposite to ours, as we know, then around that May time, you're still going to see the massive bits of berg and ice breaking and crashing, you know, so you'll get to see that side of things. So it's just depending on when you want to go, but basically the season is from sort of May through to probably roughly September. And at the moment, there are still some early bird um, availability out there on some of the companies too, which I think finish about the end of November or early December, or as they say, until sold out. So just need to check on those as well. But there's a wealth of information in all these brochures. They're, they're quite thick. They've got a heap of good general information in them about times of the year. And of course, there are tools that incorporate, if you wish, to go across to the East Coast and see those wonderful Eastern states, the French of Quebec and, and so on, Montreal, Toronto, Niagara Falls, Newfoundland. So you can do a combination of both. You can do just one or the other. The choice is yours. The world is your oyster, as we always say. With travel, you've got so much out there to choose from. So there, there's, there's a little package there to suit everybody. Now, you would pay for those in Australian dollars if you're going with an Australian company? You do. But if you're going with or choosing to go with another company from offshore, we've got a very strong Australian dollar. We do. And there are some companies, for example, that cruise down to the Antarctic. They charter the ship for the season. So they're, they're chartering it in US dollars. So they just keep it in US because if it fluctuates, that's when they can offer you bonuses so at the moment as we all know you know what well, the parity of the dollar I mean when we went to Antarctica six or so years ago I think we we're only getting about 70 something cents to the dollar so you know the cost of the conversion from US to Australian was a lot higher but now if you're really thinking of wanting to do the Antarctic and look at those companies that are basing their costs in US dollars you're going to get a bargain. Travel is the subject on 2NURFM 103.7 Sally Lucas and I are talking travel and Sally our dollar is strong at the moment. It's never been so strong, has it, Jane, for many, many years? For a long time. Long, long time. So it's a great bonus for us at the moment, to put, not for the poor people coming into the country, of course, but for us who wish to leave the country, now is one of the best times we've ever had to travel, as that I can remember anyway, for quite a long time, as you say, Jane. I'm... I might be even saying, what, 30 years? Oh, yes, at least. least. Mm. Um, so, yes, if you are thinking of travelling, I would get on the bandwagon and go for it because, you know, we don't know how long this is going to last. And if you can lock yourself in or buy yourself some US dollars, as I said, or just pop them aside. But certainly with the Antarctic, as I was mentioning earlier, if you go down on a, one of these Russian expedition vessels, which they do charter in US dollars most of the time, um, you will be paying a, a far reduced price, as you can imagine, with the way the dollar is now. But just to let people know a little bit of about the Antarctic too because I think there is a little bit of confusion about what part of the Antarctic you're seeing. Now the best part as far as um, a sightseer or a tourist is concerned, not a, a person who's going there for research, is to do the Antarctic Peninsula because of its spectacular scenery as you can vouch for Jane. Absolutely. You know the mountains, the cliffs, the icebergs the wildlife. The glaciers into the, the sea. Oh, how many was there in Paradise Bay? Was it 11 glaciers spilling down into one bay? Just think about that for a minute. You know you are just absolutely overwhelmed sometimes with the scenery and you just it takes your breath away and you go to Ushuaia now Ushuaia is the lowest city on earth it's right down the bottom of Argentina so you either fly with, with the land into uh, Chile and down that way or of course you can go across to Buenos Aires and down that way um, and why not and Buenos Aires is fabulous and you could do Iguazu Falls as a little side trip as well so you know but that's just to explain people that's the Antarctic Peninsula that's that really beautiful part and you can do they start from about a 10 day journey as your shortest to do that some will go a little bit further down the peninsula of course and others will include Georgia and the, and the Falklands. 
so South Georgia and the Falklands. So depending on what you want to do, that can be up to about a 19-day. Now, if you're doing the other end, the Shackleton-Mawson part of the Antarctic, which is more, if you like, directly below us in New Zealand, sort of, so to speak, it's quite a long voyage. And it can be rough, so it can take you a good week, whereas the crossing across Drake Passage from Ushuaia is only two days. You've got at least a week each way just on the sea out of your 19 or 20 days. And once you're down there, the scenery is, even though from a historic point of view you might find it very interesting, you're not getting as much spectacular scenery as you will get down the Antarctic Peninsula. A lot of it's flat, and there are some mountains and so on around the place, but there's a lot of flat areas as well, just quite flat, windblown, cold. You do get wildlife, but again, not the variety you will get on the Antarctic Peninsula either. So I think if you are doing that, you're doing it more for historic reasons I would say rather than for, for beauty but that's to explain that just a little bit and also the Ar Arctic is really going well Jane also and they're increasing the amount of itineraries are going up into the Arctic Circle now and with um, the aurora going to the Antarctic they always had that polar diving as you know uh, they call it and they have specially um, organized company who works in conjunction with them who are trained and they you know it's all fully trained all paddy you know, accredited etc so you can actually go polar diving now with some of the arctic voyages as well and also for a moment for the moment on their february sailings of the arctic uh, aurora are offering a 20 percent discount if you book and pay by the end of november so not only are you getting it getting a good rate with the dollar but you're also going to get a rebate if you happen to be able to go in february so another good reason to go to the Antarctic or the Arctic for that matter. Mm, diving into that water sounds like <laughs> quite a feat. I don't think it's up to me to do that, Jane. I'm, I'm a bit of a warm water person myself. I'm a bit of a sook, so um, I'll let other people do that on my behalf. And could I just mention, Jane, just to let people know, we did in the Sydney, you may recall, Jane, we had a company, the British Tourist Authority, like a lot of the overseas countries had representation here. For financial reasons, unfortunately, we've lost a lot of those. Um, we do still have some left for the French one for a start, which is fantastic. But you can now go onto a website, Visit Britain, and what they're doing, they're going to let you go onto that to access the information you would have normally been able to obtain, you know what I mean, through the British Tourist Authority in Sydney, which unfortunately closed down. So the email address is... The email address is australia at visitbritain.com and you could email them for any information you want on anything specific you're interested in doing in Britain and, and they the will web, reply. the web address is... Just visitbritain.com. Visitbritain.com. And there's lots of information in there, which is great. So at least we've got access now to you know, information on Britain again because once that office closed, it was quite sad. Admittedly, you start, still can't get, um, you know, maps and brochures, but they will have certain downloads on there that you can download as well. So at least we have access again to getting good general information on Britain to help plan your holiday. We've been talking travel. Thank you, Sally Lucas. Thank you, Jane. And we'll be back talking travel again next Friday after the one o'clock news on 2NURFM 103.7.